Welcome back to Kindly Gifted Season 4. I am so excited to have you along for the ride. No matter how it is that you tell your story, whether it's through your personality and influence or through your business and products, you have me in your pocket as your creative director on Speed Dial. Season four is filled with even more deep dives of how our favorite brands have built their success, how our favorite public figures and people of influence have built their personal brands, and also more insight from incredible guest experts to join me in having these powerful discussions. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in and supporting the show. And let's get into this episode, shall we? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you so much for taking this show to 16,000 plus streams in just a short period of time. I am forever grateful. Our next goal for Kindly Gifted is to dominate these motherfucking charts. And for that, I need your help. If you could do me a quick favor and click follow or subscribe on the platform that you're listening on and drop a quick rating of what you think of the show, that would greatly help us climb the charts because transparently speaking, that's the only way that we can do it. I need you to click follow, click subscribe, and again, drop a quick rating of what you think of the show. And let's get us to number one. Thank you again so much and tune into the episode. Great marketing is always controversial, but controversial marketing isn't always great. Here's what I mean. Polarization is a key pillar into what makes great marketing great marketing. It's what makes a Super Bowl commercial a Super Bowl commercial. It's what makes the 1% of marketing efforts that sweet, delicious, forever memorable 1%. It's, it's, it's why you remember certain ads because they're polarizing. Okay. Martin Scorsese did an advertisement with AT&T and it was about how basically like a spinoff about how, you know, phone calls often interrupt movies. So Martin Scorsese decided, well, what if movie people actors and directors what if they interrupted like regular people's phone calls and that's the ad and it's impeccable it's it's wonderful i still remember that ad it's one of my favorite ads (laughs) um the little kid that's uh darth vader that he's like in a little darth vader costume the volkswagen ad i think it was a super bowl ad wonderful okay Chick-fil-A did a little film over the holidays. It was like a little cartoon film. This was actually in 2022, so it's quite recent. Still remember it. Travis Scott, McDonald's Famous Orders. Still remember it. That, those Orbit commercials, the gum where the teeth are very white. It's giving veneers, okay? 
still remember it. That advertisement with this, about astigmatism, the two twins, they're like teenage twins sitting on the bed talking about contact lenses. First ad that ever made me want contact lenses. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. And the reason why these ads are so great is because they're polarizing. Meaning that there is a very clear audience for whom it is for. And because there's a very clear audience, it also isolates people who are not the target audience. And that is a good thing. You know why 99% of marketing sucks? Is because you're all too busy focusing on targeting everybody. This is for everyone. Nothing is for everyone. Nothing is for everyone. It's impossible. So the minute that you start worrying about targeting everyone and appeasing to everyone and being, you know, appealing to the masses, that's it. You're done. You just, you shot yourself in the foot. Good luck for capitalizing on that marketing investment, especially if you invested into something like pretty hefty production. So it's important to establish who is it that this is for and not just understand how does this target audience segment buy? What is the sales psychology required to connect with them? That's important. But take a step before that and think about how do people people? What is the general human behavior around things? Right? It's really annoying when phone calls interrupt movies. That's just like a people thing. It's not, it has nothing to do with buying stuff, but it can. That's how it starts. Right? So if it's annoying, if it's annoying for us, when phone calls interrupt our movies, then, and that's how the ideation starts. And that's how we get into like the really juicy, interesting things. Um, so it's important to consider audiences. Now, most companies have, or brands have multiple audience segments, multiple buyer personas, customer personas, target audience avatars, whatever word you want to use. You probably have multiple different buyers or customer personas. Please do not make the mistake of targeting all of your personas in every single marketing effort. It's not going to be for everybody. That's why we have A-B testing from a very, like, using a very elementary example, right? Take a segment, send them one subject line. Take another segment, send them a different subject line. You want to be advanced? Take two emails, send them to two different segments, change the content on both of them entirely. That, again, elementary example. From a more high-level production standpoint, um, Virgin Voyages and Jennifer Lopez create an AI invitation tool. She has granted permission to Virgin Voyages to use her likeness um, and replicate some of it in AI. The commercial advertising this tool takes a stance on AI. They celebrate AI, but they also make fun of it at the same time. Polarizing. There's already an audience segment built into that, like a, a very specific type of person. Then you can go even further. There's a portion in the commercial where they say, 
oh yeah, you know, like main selling point of this is there's no kids. I reviewed this ad and this is where a lot of people got sold. Um, I'm assuming most of them are younger or they don't have kids yet or they don't want kids and they find kids to be a nuisance. Um, there you go. Kids are annoying. That's not a purchasing insight. That's not a sales insight. We haven't made it that far yet. We just said kids are annoying. So if kids are annoying, why don't we then weave that into the script of this ad and target people, get, get people on this cruise who don't have kids? Let's not make this a, a family-friendly cruise. This is all about having fun and getting loose and having a couple drinks and like kids not allowed, okay? Like there's that. But where we started was the original just general human behavioral insight that like not everybody likes kids. Kids can be annoying. So understanding human behavior, understanding that not every single part of your audience is going to be a target for every single campaign that you create ever. That, that gets really overwhelming also. Um, and being comfortable that there are going to be people that don't like it. You have to be okay with that. Polarization basically happens, right? When you have a target audience that feels seen and heard. And you have a, a portion of people who see this and identify them themselves as not being the target audience. They are repulsed or repelled, excuse me, repelled, hopefully. Well, they can be repulsed, you know, depending on the strategy. Um, now, the problem can, there are a couple problems that can arise. Um, three, to be exact. And these are quite broad. One problem is that you have way too much of a positive response. Um, and when you have too much of a positive response can be a, a few things that could be happening. One, somebody's lying. Okay. <laughs> um, two, you may be in a zone of confirmation bias, meaning I think my campaign is really great. I love it. This is amazing. And I'm surrounding myself with other people who think that it's amazing. So I'm not venturing outside of that feedback loop. I'm just staying in the feedback loop that agrees with me. So I'm not accessing negative feedback. And because I'm not accessing negative feedback because I don't see it, I think it doesn't exist. I think everyone loves it. Confirmation bias. Um, on the opposite pole, you may have too much negative feedback. Then you have to think about, do we have a crisis on our hands? Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light didn't work out. That was a dumpster fire. The way that, that Bud Light responded, the way that their core audience responded. I will say though, while I do commend the effort of thinking, hmm, maybe we have an, and I'm not like 100% certain about this, I'm just assuming as, as an industry professional, that they probably thought, hmm, we have an underserved audience segment within the LGBTQ community. Dylan Mulvaney has a ton of brand equity, pretty comparable to like Bud Light, not necessarily in, in time, but in the sense of like how valuable her influence is. 
why don't we partner with her and target this underserved audience segment that we've identified as being the LGBTQ community? Let's do it. They probably did anticipate that something like this would happen because Bud Light's core audience, again, I would assume, is like straight, cishet dudes. So who may not necessarily feel like they're the target for that slash be very put off slash are incredibly outspoken about how they feel about things. So that didn't work out. Another example. um, And again, this one we should have seen coming as well. Like this went through so many rounds of approvals. I can't believe it's, it got released. We talked about this before on the show. Um, Kendall Jenner, Pepsi solving police brutality, one Pepsi can at a time. (laughs) Memorable, polarizing all for the wrong reasons. So that's, those are examples of like overwhelming amounts of negativity. We may have a crisis on our hands. Who's responsible? Is it um, a disconnect between us and the audience? Is it us, the brand, that's the problem? Is it our audience that's the problem? Oh, is it uh, an influencer that we partnered with? Is the, pro- what, where is the issue? Um, and then the worst of them all, the worst of them all is when you have a huge amount of indifference towards your marketing efforts, the worst thing in the world. I know we did not like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, but we still remember it. Not for great reasons, I know, but we still remember it, right? And it can be used as a precedent for future brands. Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't go that route, (laughs) right? When people are indifferent to your marketing efforts, that really hurts because you have invested a lot of money into doing that. You're unable to recapitalize because people don't feel a connection. And that usually is an audience problem. In other words, it can be you didn't take the time to understand your audience. It could be your audience doesn't understand you. Great example of this, in my opinion, again, is H&M. Like, I constantly struggle to figure out what the fuck their identity is in the fashion space. Um, and I don't really think a lot of their advertising has really been landing, at least for me, because I think they're struggling with identity. Like, who are they? Who are they for? How do people see them? For a while, it was like H&M competing with Zara. Now I'm like, girl, Zara is in a league of their own. Okay. Zara is trying to compete with like luxury brands. They're trying to fill the like hybrid between fast fashion and luxury based on their positioning, based on the creative direction, based on collaborations that they have, overall art direction, styling, casting, all of that. So the worst thing you can possibly do for yourself is invest into marketing and then it's not memorable. And then people are indifferent. They don't care. And when people don't care, they don't share. (laughs) And when people don't care, they don't check out. When they don't care, they don't put money in your pocket. So it's, it's, it's shooting yourself in the foot. It's, it becomes a waste of money. And a lot of it is connected to audience. If you just took the time to understand who your people are, if you just took the time to understand people or the agency that you're working with, took the time to understand people, might have a different story. Um, or 
Maybe there's a, a misalignment between agency and client. Maybe there's a misalignment internally. Re another great example was, although, you know, it did re receive a lot of smoke, it didn't receive as much smoke as the iHeart New York rebrand, um, the Nickelodeon rebrand. I read the, I think it was the Adweek article. <laughs> it's either Adweek or AdAge. And they were like, six agencies worked with, Nic six agencies worked with Nickelodeon? I, this is giving me like, we have an internal positioning problem. You have six agencies working on one rebrand. There's something wrong with that. And while, yeah, people were like, yeah, give us the old logo back. It was still like, it, it, overall, it was a sense of indifference. And you invested into six agencies to do that. Like, babe, <laughs> you know, so polarization is really important. I know it can get a bad rap, but it gets people talking, hopefully for the right reasons. It gets people sharing. It gives you word of mouth marketing, which is like the highest honor for any company. Um, and of course, it allows you to reach the success metric of revenue and increase sales and, you know, relationships with your customers, customer acquisition, ultimately, hopefully customer retention, all those things. The polarization is really important. I actually, and I'll leave you on this, but I decided to speak on this because it has come to my attention through a peer of mine who's also a creator in the marketing space. And they were like, you have a pattern, you know that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they said, most of the ads that you cover, like they're polarizing, like they're kind of controversial. Like, are you okay? to get some of the heat from that because I do. Um, it's a very small portion of people that will like send negative comments my way and like try to attack me because I just so happen to be the person that like introduced them to this ad, right? Um, and they didn't feel like they were the target so they have to blame somebody and I'm there, right? <laughs> I'm the most convenient person to blame. Um, but I, I didn't really even notice that because I just... This is just the kind of stuff I like. I like marketing that's con that's controversial. I like marketing that's polarizing. Um, it is memorable to me. The One of the first ever advertisements that made me fascinated with this industry is a Kenzo ad. I'll link it. Um, it's I don't want to give too much away about it. I'll just link it below. Maybe I'll review it on a TikTok video. It is very controversial. It is very polarizing. I will 100% be attacked <laughs> for reviewing this ad. But this was one of the first advertisements that made me just like mesmerized with the ad industry. Um, and I still think about it <laughs> very frequently. Um, but yeah, so hopefully this was helpful. Um, if you're trying to understand the marketing industry, if you want to be a more strategic marketer, or if you are, you know, a brand, um, have a brand, want to start a brand, don't make things for everyone. Understand who your people are. And there's nothing wrong with getting negative feedback. Like, use that. Is it useful? Cool. Can we learn from it? Cool. Do we need to learn from it? No. Okay, then move on. You know, neg negative feedback is inevitable. If you're not getting it, we have a problem. If you're getting too much of it, we have a problem.
if you're not getting a lot of word of mouth marketing in general and generally you're receiving indifference, we have an even bigger problem. <laughs> If you're listening to this, it means you've reached the end. And I'm so grateful that you tuned in to another episode of Kindly Gifted. If you don't mind to give this show your honest rating and review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And click follow or subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you want to chat about what you just heard in this episode, I'm all ears. You can find me on Instagram at Katarina Tarantiva or on TikTok with the same handle. And I'll link both of them in the show notes below. If you want to chat with me one-on-one -on -one, or maybe get some accessible resources on how it is that you can create invigorating marketing for your brand or develop your personal presence online as a person of influence, check out my stand store. I'll also link that in the show notes and there's more goodies coming your way. So don't forget to bookmark the link as well. Anyways, that's my spiel and I'll see you in the next episode.